Felice Bryant and Diodorus Boudlow Bryant were a husband and wife songwriting duo. They saw their first real success in 1948 when Little Jimmy Dickens recorded their song Country Boy and hit number seven on the country charts with it. Their success earned them a working relationship with music publisher Acuff Rose Music and allowed them to move out of their mobile home and into a more permanent residence in Nashville, Tennessee. The 50s would see the Bryants successfully selling songs to a few different artists, including Moon Mullican, Red Foley, and Carl Smith, but their biggest successes of the decade would be a string of popular singles they wrote for the Everly Brothers. Don and Phil Everly hit number one with the Bryant couple's Bye Bye Love in 1957, and followed it up in 1958 with Wake Up Little Susie, All I Have to Do is Dream, and Problems, all written by Felice and Boudlow Bryant. In 1960, the Everly Brothers released their fourth studio album, A Date with the Everly Brothers. The album featured a song penned exclusively by Boudlow Bryant. The brothers intended to release the song as a single, but a complicated conflict with their manager, Wesley Rose, prevented them from doing so. Although the Everly Brothers didn't get a chance to top the charts with Boudlow Bryant's solo piece, several covers of the song went on to be extremely successful, including separate versions by Roy Orbison, Jim Capaldi, and of course, the Scottish hard rock band, Nazareth. That's right, this week on Cover Me, we're revisiting Boudlow Bryant and the Everly Brothers' Love Hurts. Love hurts, love scars, love wounds, and mars. That's right, it's Cover Me, the only podcast that talks about famous songs and their many cover versions, compares them against one another to find out which one is like a stove. I'm your host as always, Jake Cressy, joined by my cloudy co-host, Alex Mildenberger. Alex Mildenberger, clap, 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 clap. How we doing, Alex? How we doing? Doing all right. In the process of moving out of, uh, of my current residence into a different one. Uh, it's nice because I don't have to do it all in like a day. Uh, that is good. Yeah, you got time till the end of the month here. Yeah, but next time we record, uh, I should be in a different room. Studio. Yeah. Studio. Studio. <clears throat> that's exciting. It is exciting. Um, yeah. yeah. So that's why that's why we're doing this episode this week. We're uh, I say revisiting in the intro. People. May or may not know this. We used to talk about it a lot, but the first episode we ever actually recorded of this podcast was Love Hurts a way back in 2017, ago. I believe. Yeah. Which is not technically lost to time, but is also. Is it lost to time? No, I was just listening to it before we started recording, okay. actually. <laughs> it was uh, just a little fun fact. It took us five minutes to get to the first cover. <laughs> We also we didn't go through lyrics back then, so. No, we certainly did not. We barely went through the history of the song. Better, worse, we'll I, never I think, know. I think we are better now. I hope now. so. I feel better. Yeah, I'd say so. So yeah, it, it was half an hour total, and we covered six cover versions, which we will be talking about today, plus a bonus one. Ooh, yeah. So all right, we've got uh, twenty six minutes. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> I don't fucking think so. Um, yeah, so we're to let's let's start talking about this first of all. The name Diodorus Boudlow Bryant. What a yeah. mouthful. Um, I I don't even know how to spell that. 
Probably like it sounds, but uh, I feel like you wouldn't have to spell yeah. it like it sounds. You could throw a GH in there. Oh, yeah. Silent letters. You should. Silent D somewhere. Yeah, so husband and wife writing to his wife being Felice Bryant, but that's actually not her name. Her name is Matilda Genevieve Scaduto. That's, that's also a Italian pronunciation. Yeah! And then he, for some reason, called her Felice. They knew each other for, I think it's like two days, and then they got married. Did it, are they still together? Like, are they, they're probably dead. They're dead. Okay. Um, did, did they ever like... divorce? I don't know. Yeah, so Brian and Scaduto eloped two days after meeting. Um, apparently she was working as an elevator operator at the Schroeder Hotel, and she said that she recognized him immediately, that she had seen his face in a dream when she was eight years old and had looked for him forever. She was 19 when they met. Yeah, that's some hippie shit. Yeah. Um, and the fact that this is a solo song, like this one is specifically only written by Boodlow Bryant, might lead you to believe that maybe they weren't getting along in 1960. I don't know. But they released an album in Looking at the Wikipedia, there's there's no mention of a divorce or anything, so I'm I'm going to assume they stuck together their their whole lives. Alex, you know much about the Everly brothers? Not really. Um this the name comes up sometimes, but like I I'm struggling to think of other like Bye Bye Love, not the Cars song. I'm assuming not the Cars song. Um, yeah, I had to check. I don't know the Everly Brothers. You don't know Wake Up Little Susie. Not- wake up, little Susie, wake up. That's one I know. I don't think so. I don't know, man. Um, Alex, do you remember this quote about the Everly Brothers that I read? on the original episode of Cover Me that goes as follows. We're not Grand Ole Opry. We're obviously not Perry Como. We're just pop music. But you could call us an American Skiffle group. I do remember that because you made a big deal of the Skiffle thing. <laughs> yeah, good stuff. Still, still really don't know what Skiffle is. Uh, I think it's, it's like a... Oh, I just saw something about Skiffle. I don't know. I'll send you. I'll send you a Would link. you say it's a musical genre with influences from jazz, blues, and American folk music, generally performed with a mixture of manufactured and homemade or improvised instruments? This is sounding a lot like our uh, original episode now. <laughs> That's right. We're trying to recreate it. And then we're going to do an episode where we listen to the original episode, then this <laughs> episode, and then talk about which one was better. React to ourselves. Um, yeah, it's... Uh, Skiffle is like... I always thought of it as kind of like an ad- a British adaptation of like a, a lot of American genres that sort of led to the later, more popular, like blues rock, rock and blues rock and other blues things rock. that happened in. But it's originating as a form in the United States, Alex. But the like skiffle craze in the United Kingdom, which is what I'm more familiar with, uh, mm. kind of led to a lot of that stuff. I know like there was a old video i saw of jimmy page playing skiffle on some tv show i don't know some program on the bbc like that one where i guess it would be a, the bbc version of when frank zappa goes and plays a bike on it was like the ed sullivan yeah show exactly some, some was shit. it i don't know <laughs> except it's it's james page and he's playing skiffle on his guitar skiffling out incredible so, so this, this is, is not skiffle. brothers no Play at all no, so it's a it's country influenced rock according to Wikipedia. 
course it is. And the Everly Brothers are known for their steel string acoustic guitar and close harmony singing. And that's what they're doing. That is what they're doing here. Do we want to talk about what lyrics they're specifically close harmony singing about? Yeah, let's do it. Love Hurts. The lyrics. I should have had this tab open already. Oh, don't give me the Nazareth one. I'm, I'm going to put in fucking Everly Brothers and it'll probably still give me the Nazareth lyrics. It might. So it opens with the, with, with the title, Alex. It says, Love Hurts, Love Scars, Love Wounds, and Mars. Any heart not tough nor strong enough to take a lot of pain, take a lot of pain. Love is like a cloud, holds a lot of rain. Like a cloud, which holds a lot of rain. Now, yeah, we, I, I believe we had a technical foul on this one last time. And that it's not technically rain when it's in the cloud, is it? It is a cloud. It is moisture. Now, also, even, even if it can be said to be rain, I would say a cloud probably holds like a normal amount of rain. Like, what's a lot, what's a lot of rain, really? No. You know, it takes multiple clouds to make a, a rainy day, right? Yeah, I don't know. I can't answer any of these questions, but that's their thing. Um, so, overall, all it is is just like talking about how love sometimes not not good. Sometimes it's like mm-hmm. it, this is like hot take on love. Bad sometimes, actually. Yeah, they're they're not even saying sometimes. They're saying full on all the time. Constant pain from love. These are very uh this is this is very, you know, uh absolute statements. Love hurts, love scars. This isn't landslide by Dixie Chicks where there's a well maybe. <laughs> this is the full on. Yeah, it's pain. He rhymes pain with pain. Well he more like he repeats himself, but he kinda he rhymes repeats pain it. It's pain. got some repetition. And then of course rain is uh is symbolic in here, I probably for tears, right? Yeah, just but like also, sadness. I guess rain's like yeah, sadness, dour. And apparently the chorus that, is that, just repeating "Love Hurts" twice, which is twice. Yeah, that's what passed for a chorus in 1960. I didn't even think of it as a chorus, but I guess it is. They repeat it. I guess Felice Bryant was in charge of the choruses when these two wrote. <laughs> Felice, where you go, low. Where did survive an extra 16 years after your husband died? 16. If I'm doing my math right. Was he? I thought he was 87. Was he 77? But he died in 87. And she died in 91, didn't she? Oh, I thought it was 03. I might have looked at it wrong. I kind of, you know, Who can say? It. What really? Um, Wikipedia can say. In 19, oh, in 1991. She died in 2003. You're right. I saw 1991, the Nashville Arts Foundation auditor with its Living Legend Award. Congratulations. Congratulations. So then we move into verse two, Alex. I'm young. I know. But even so, I know a thing or two. I've learned from you. I've really learned a lot. Really learned a lot. Love is like a stove. Burns you when it's hot. Stove, man. Stoves do burn Stove. you when they're hot. That's a true. lot of things burn Sorry. you when they're hot. Yeah, this would be the question. What doesn't burn you when it's hot? I mean, hot being a relative term. Everything burns you if it's hot enough, right? That's right. It's gotta. By definition. By definition. I, I suppose you're right. For a stove to be hot, it's at a point where it can burn you. Because it's metal. Yeah. Probably. Anyway, probably. I'm picturing like a, a wood stove. Are you picturing like a wood stove? Picture, All of picture, my picture with me. Metal. Just imagine metal. Well, yes. Yeah. A wood burning. Paint me stove. a picture. <laughs> a cast iron. You know, it's blackened. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're yeah. in a small, uh-huh. a small um, cottage. 
Um, mm-hmm. the, yeah. the, the stove is, is warm because of the fire within, uh, burning mm-hmm. wood. All of the, uh, flowers used for storing water are, to, oh, um, yes. in the corner. And, uh, and it's just nice. So it's cozy. Everything's wool and black and white, I think. <laughs> mm. Yeah. There's no color yet. Everything's wool. Not Incredible. invented. It's the past. It's like I'm there, bro. Yeah. That's storytelling, my friend. That was beautiful. So yeah, he's young. So you know, at, at acknowledging inexperience, but also says I've learned a thing or two from you. And I guess if his takeaway lesson is that love fucking sucks, then this person he learned from, yeah, he's isn't, like, hey, isn't a good person. Fuck you, man. That's what he says. Yeah, I'm sure. Learned it from you directly. Like, you know, I, I, I don't know a lot of things, but I do know that love is terrible, and I know it because you taught me that. Because you suck. That's right. But I guess we have to understand that it was also a passionate relationship, because that's when love burns you, is when it's hot. That's true. That's where the fire comes from. Not just fire stoves. Comes fire is that's first two, metaphorical. Baby. Yeah. That's we get the chorus. Songwriting. We come to the bridge. And then that says, some fools rave of happiness, blissfulness, togetherness. Some fools fool themselves, I guess, but they're not fooling me. Some fools, they're all fools. But I guess so we're all fools in this situation. A fool Um, in love with you. Yeah, now he's saying everyone else is fools. Everybody's fools. Yeah. Or people who you into love? Come on. Pe- people who are into love, foolish. Yeah, fool. Foolish. Utter garbage. Fool? Thinking of happiness? No. You can't fool me, he says with a smile. I don't know why he's smiling. He's sad with a frown, maybe. He's, yeah, he's smiling through the pain. And uh, yeah, that's, that's your like B section because we get the first two. Oh, not really. There's mm-hmm. there. We don't really go back to an A or anything. Right. It's kind of If anything, we just kind of move to a, yeah. like a C and then back to the chorus. Wouldn't the chorus be? I guess the chorus isn't really a chorus, though. The chorus is part of the A section, really. I don't know. Anyway, he knows it isn't true and knows it isn't true. And love is just a lie made to make you feel blue. He knows That's what right, isn't baby. true. Love, love isn't true. Or it's not true that you can be happy. He knows happiness is not real. It's just made up. Mm-hmm. Marriage and love is just a scam made up to sell babies. That's right. So, that's what this song Words is about. written by Boodlow Brian in 1960. <laughs> that's why this song is ahead of its time. I one time heard this song was ahead of its time. I don't know why. Oh, yeah? Is that because it, it doesn't like love? Maybe it's because it's the first song to ever realize that love is not always great. Right, you wouldn't get a song like this again until the Jake Giles band made Love Stinks. Yeah, and everyone else thinks love is just the bee's knees. This was the first person to say, hey, maybe love is bad, actually. Yeah, wake up, sheeple. And the sheeple took their sweet time. But now, maybe we know. But maybe maybe we just think we know. Don't always seem to go that you think you know, but you don't know. You writing lyrics? You, yeah, no, you I was spitting just kind fire? Of boring from 
Yeah, I'm spitting fire here. And, and like, lifting the, what, the chorus of Pave Paradise to put up a parking lot. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, you know, fire. I love myself. <laughs> Hot fire. Hot fire. Um, yeah, that's the whole song. Love is a lie. It it's is. It's made to make you sad. Yeah. If you think it's going to make you happy, you're an idiot. You need a heart that's tough enough, but nobody has that because love hurts. Um, yeah, I mean, the, like the sort of slightly beneath the surface reading is it's someone just out of uh, an intense relationship who is sad. Who mm-hmm. is, I mean, it's not presented as the truth. It's presented as this person who's like, when I was young, like three days ago, I thought love was it. But now... That is three days later, and I'm three days older, and three days wiser. I know it's not. It ain't it, man. And uh, that's, like, basically, like, that's kind of the story, or the implied story, as I take it. Yeah. And uh, there's some rhyming in there. Um, For some reason. I don't know why. They just want... Yeah, I mean, it's... They did that back in 1960 rhymes this is groundbreaking they're like holy shit not only did he say love is bad but it rhymes yeah i mean the ends of the lines consecutive lines kind of sound similar well you know he exhausted himself lining scars with mars and tough with enough (laughs) you get to take a break for two lines and then he had to rhyme true with itself and then well Actually, I'm see. I'm looking at the refrain. He says, "No, it isn't true. No, it isn't true." And he says, "Love is just a lie." But now he says, "To make you feel blue," which then calls back to true. Yeah, it's a it's like a suspense trick. He's like, "Do you think I forgot about having to rhyme true? I didn't." No. And then everybody in that moment fails to realize that he didn't have a rhyme for lie. He didn't have a rhyme for fucking stove. He didn't have a rhyme for cloud, Alex. No, he didn't. But we're gonna talk about this. That's not always a problem. Talk about it. No. Um, and according to uh, Genius, an especially good version of this song was recorded by the duo of Graham Parsons and Amy Lou Harris in 1974. Yeah. We're, on the album Grievous Angel. We're not going to talk about that. Yeah, we did a bad job, uh, by which I mean I did a bad job of really curating a playlist on this the first time we went through well, it. we didn't. This is our first this time. The second time know. now. Like I mean, we got share. Nazareth. We caught that. And that's Had good. to have Nazareth. All right, yeah, that's that's the lyrics, talk, man. What's that's the, the lyrics? What's Let's the talk sound about these instruments, like? man. It's like now. Old I want to make sure you listen to the original Everly Brothers version and not the their second version, which I accidentally had in the playlist at first. Oh, okay, I think I've heard it. Because the original is, uh, you know, it's very low energy. It's this very relaxed guitar and the the two brothers singing love hurts, love scars. is that not what i'm listening to right now it should be what you're listening to right now except okay. spotify says you're listening to nowhere fast by fire inc i was like this morning because <laughs> someone else on my friends list in spotify was listening to a song called nowhere fast a different song and i was like well shit Ooh. i gotta listen to some streets of fire now Hell yeah. <laughs> You're not a great time, let me tell you. Oh, man. Let me tell you. It's been almost a year since we talked about that. I was thinking I might have to watch that movie again. Yeah, honestly. Someone, um, I was so asked yeah, recently, the, uh... sorry, no, that's mm-hmm. tangent. No, go ahead. I was asked recently about, like, bad movies you love. 
And I forgot about Streets of Fire, but I feel like that's got to be my answer, right? Cause yeah, because like, it is a bad movie. It's not great, but it is so great. <laughs> it's Yeah, it's amazing. Anyway, yeah, check out our Streets of Fire episode from about a year ago. Yeah, August something. Was that in the summer? Check out. I guess, yeah. Yeah, it was in the summer. Huh. Huh. But like a year ago at this time, we would have just reviewed Bruce Springsteen's uh, the fuck is it? Born in the USA 2. Born, Born in the, the USA, USA Harder. Um, wild Horses. No, that can't be right. Wow. <laughs> Western Stars. That's it. <laughs> That's the one. All right. So what's, okay, so what's the, different the, uh, about this one versus the second version? Uh, the second one's a little more upbeat, a little more, a little more energy in it. Oh, the second one's more upbeat. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's those harmonies and and like the drums doing they're like Yeah, so they're known for their close harmony singing and their steel string acoustic guitar, which is like basically what you get on this song. Yeah, it's kind of strumming. It's almost like um like in Back to the Future when when Michael J. Fox has to play that guitar and he just like he's just like absent-mindedly strumming. Like it's that kind of thing. That's right. Now his is a little he's getting jangier. erased out of existence. Yeah, exactly. But he can still do it, even like with half a hand. Yeah. Um, later on, they add in some like uh, muted plucking of a guitar and strumming. Mm, yeah, as very well. country inspired. Yeah, but. Uh, <clears throat> there's not like a ton of stuff other than that. Yeah, it's a very sedated version. You know, they they like there's not a lot of energy from their vocals, and I guess part of that is maybe it makes it easier to harmonize if one of you isn't trying to be Aretha Franklin. Yeah. Who wouldn't be an accurate, you know, person for them to think about at yeah. the time, but <laughs> Or like shredding shredding on the guitar or whatever. Yeah, exactly. So uh, yeah, and they want relaxed. to focus because that's their gimmick is like well, it's not even really a gimmick, but like that's kind of their signature, supposedly, is this Mm-hmm. These harmonies, which makes them sound like the Everly Brothers, and then this guitar sound, which same thing. So they really—it's very focused on that, and then of course the lyrics, which are written by these other people. So Blue I mean, it's Bryant. like it's songwriters. It's not like like the lyrics are fine. What am I trying to say? <laughs> They're not bad lyrics. They're certainly of their time. Yeah, and their simplicity. Yeah, they're like simple, and it's not like. But they communicate their point very effectively. Yeah, I think they're good. I've changed, I've come. Yeah, I've come and around. Like playing on with, them. playing with fool in the in the bridge. Some fools fool themselves. They're not fooling me. It's, yes, it's fun. A trick that again, another trick from this song that wouldn't come up for decades. Um, in this case, that's right, baby. Uh, the video game series. Uh, Almost an arrested development. Ace Attorney. Miss <laughs> uh, Von Karma uh, yes. says fool a lot. D-D. Yeah. Fool around foolishly. Anyway. The, I, anyway this song Alex, is ahead of its time, is what I'm trying to say. It's ahead of its time. It's, it sounds brand new even today. Um, <laughs> Other than the fact that it's dated, like we just said. Yeah, and it sounds old as shit. Uh, <laughs> Other than that, it sounds completely modern. <laughs> So that was 1960. But yeah, very simple. 1960. Um, anything else to say about the instrumentation on this one? 
Uh, no, it kind of fades out, and there's like a few seconds of basically silence at the end. But yeah, it's, um, yeah. and there is a low guitar on it. It is, I think, a bass. That's what we often call the low guitar. Sometimes, I, like, it's hard hard to <laughs> like read the, the pattern on are... this one. But I think later versions do pick up on that pattern and sort of just reuse it or you know build on it. Yeah, there's not a whole lot of bass going on. Yeah. Um, so to get into the second version, I mean, the, the first cover version, which is released a year later in 1961, we have to talk about something I, I briefly mentioned in the intro, which is that the Everly Brothers wanted to release this as a single, but their manager at the time, Wesley Rose, who was of Rose Acuff uh, Music, the publishing company, wanted them to release songs that were, that the licensing rights were owned by Acuff Rose. Or the publishing rights. So they wouldn't have so to pay could, like, royalties or whatever? Yeah, and so he could kind of double dip on profits, because he's already their manager, so he gets ah. presumably some cut of whatever the Everly Brothers does, but then he's also the president of Acuff Rose. So he wanted to get twice as much money, or probably more than twice, <laughs> let's face it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. and That's kind of shitty. It is shitty. And so what happened was, is the Everly Brothers, who were formerly with Cadence Records, that was their uh, their music label, had jumped to Warner Bros, and instead of doing a, an Acuff Rose-owned song, they did two covers of songs not owned by the company, which I guess like led to a split and divide. What happened then is Wesley Rose, as a fuck you to the Everly Brothers, had his other client, this little no-name man known as Roy Orbison, record Love Hurts. Ah, so this is, uh, this is vindictive. This is a vindictive cover by known legend Roy Orbison, Roy Orbison. in 1961. Love words, love scars. Now I'm willing to let him off the hook, because I I don't think Roy Orbison had a hand in this revenge. Oh, I don't think Roy Orbison did it with malice. They're like, Roy, do this song. He's like, nah, I'm like yeah, song. fucking hate the Everly Brothers. <laughs> Fuck those guys. But damn, love does hurt. Um, <laughs> this is not the first version I ever heard, but when I heard it, I thought it was the original because it just seemed like oh, you would think an right? older version of the song I already knew. So it makes sense. Yeah, and it's it's the first one to get actual charting success, particularly in Australia. It reached, uh, it peaked at number five in Australia, and uh, I'm I'm again I'm trotting on ground we you and I have talked about in 2017, <laughs> but it was it was the B side originally for Running Scared, but since it became so popular in Australia, it was uh it was charted as a a double A side there. Wait, it charted as a double A side, but it was the B side. Yeah. Yeah, so it's like, you know, I, I suppose on the charts it would say, like, Running Scared slash this. Even though on the disc it was on the other side? Pre- presumably. I imagine they didn't press it differently for Australia. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know much about dis- distribution internationally in the 60s. Okay. Anyway, I don't get it, but whatever. Doesn't, That's doesn't pretty bother much what me. we decided the first time around. It's good to see some things never change. So it's Roy Orbison. The vocals are Roy Orbison. If you know what that sounds like, baby, you know what this sounds like. Yeah, so kind of old school, like, 
really strong vibrato. Supposedly, yeah. Um, the like urban legend is that Elvis Presley, when working with Roy Orbison, like wouldn't work at the same time because he was so jealous of his voice. Just right. made him feel bad, I guess. Christ, Roy Orbison would make me feel bad too. <laughs> yeah, Roy Orbison's got some pipes. Um, yeah, and they are on display in this song because they're on display in every song he sings. Um, this one's got more like a. Okay, it's um, that's a and that's a string section doing that. Is that right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, so it's got this. Uh, yeah, it's got that in your higher range, and then the baseline is sort of a plodding country baseline. But it's actually audible now. Mm-hmm. This one's. This one feels a little more like polished. Yeah. Possibly just because Roy Orbison has more pull. Oh yeah, and he does. We we talk about uh like when we talked about Otis Redding like a long time ago, who took a cover and just like sang the hell out of it. Right. Roy Orbison can do that in a, a much lower energy way, where one just the tone of his voice is like very listenable. And then just on little words, like, eh, Annie Hart. You're like, oh, fuck. Yeah, like, when it builds for the, like, the bridge, mm-hmm. he, like, really puts it into, but, it, but like, it stays subtle. Yeah. So, it's some impressive it's stuff. A, very, a deft hand, or a deft throat, as yeah. it were. This is the golden throat. How it's, he uh... performs this. Um, and a more interesting, uh, like, instrumental essentially a backing track it's like let's face it right. the focus of the song in both versions has been the vocals yeah it's more like like he's got more instruments behind him like we we're talking about the strings and then later on they get mm-hmm. like some piano going in there and some kind of again like soft brass this is a fairly like smooth version yeah and it's always done to sort of like accent his voice or fill in the spaces in between it it's all very supportive. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I mean, that's that's the that's the show here. It's Robinson's voice, and mm-hmm. it makes sense. It's a good voice. It's a good voice. It's a like you said. It sounds like it should be the original version. No offense to the Everly Brothers, but like, yeah, Roy Orbison sings a fucking song. It sounds like Roy Orbison's song. Yeah, as much as I want to root for them because they're kind of the underdogs in that because their manager was trying to take advantage of them. They were mad. Mm-hmm. They tried to break away. He kind of has the better version in the end, which is probably, but, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't the manager who did that. It was, yeah, it was Roy Orbison. And to the Everly Brothers credits, they're still well-remembered. They have a ton, they're inducted, they were one of the first inducted in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in 1986. Um, They've still got a string of hits, including, so the, in their early years, they did a lot of work with the Bryant couple. Right. Um, and then it was, I think, on this same album, their fourth studio album, they think, released really... Kathy's Clown. Kathy's I believe the song's Clown. called Kathy's Clown. Yeah. And that is by and far their most successful, and that one is written by them as well. So that's like their first solo effort was that oh. one, and they saw incredible success with it. So they've, they've done good for themselves, even if Roy Orbison stole a hit from them. Yeah. Like, I know who they are, kind of. I've heard of them. <laughs> Mm-hmm. They're not totally. They didn't make out with nothing. 
Oh yeah, they're not hurting. I mean, they're I think both dead now. Probably so literally lots, not hurting. Lots but of people are dead. Yeah. Yeah. Um, speaking of other things, you ready to move on to the the next cover? I sure am. Can't wait to see which one this it's is the big be. one. Oh, okay. It is Nazareth in 1974. Nazareth. Nazareth. Some people say 74, some people say 75. Do you have one before this? Nope. Okay. No, I don't know. I don't know. Um, 75 tends to get dense here, because we're going to talk about three versions in this year. Yes, and then once once that happens, it's all Nazareth, baby. Well, sort of. Um, Sort of. Sort of. Nazareth is kind of the definitive version as far as my history with the song goes well yeah so to to quantify that they hit the top 10 in the united states and number one and i want to say like the netherlands and somewhere else i'm trying to find my note on it Uh, 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 nazareth hit top 10 in the u.s number one in norway and the netherlands so this is a pretty big hit, mm-hmm. and this is the version that I have heard, the one I sort of grew up with before I heard the yeah. Roy Orbison version. I assume you are the same. No, yeah, this like this is the one, and it's uh, that's that's part of the reason I think we chose this song first is there was a healthy amount of covers. And it was a song where a cover version has overtaken the legacy of the original. Yeah, and that we knew fairly well. Plus, we saw Nazareth that one time, and we didn't like it. Yeah, was that 2010, 2011? That would have been 2011, I believe. Like, summer 2011. Because we were were both 18, because it was in a casino. That's right, because it was in a casino, and they almost didn't let us in, because a birth certificate is technically not a valid second ID. Uh, and I tried to play a nickel machine, but you can't put nickels in the nickel machine. <laughs> yeah, so they're not really nickel machines. And I was high on Oxycontin because I just got my wisdom teeth removed. And it still sucked. Yeah. It, it was not a great sucked. show. Right. Anyway, not a great experience when we saw not Nazareth. Not a great experience. Did they play this? Probably. I don't remember. But I'd be Probably. shocked if they did. Um, because that's like all we were there for was to hear them knock this out. Pretty much. So this is yeah, and the Nazareth version. Nazareth. Perhaps Scottish hard know. rock band formed in 1968, the same year as actual good bands such as Led Zeppelin and Black Sabbath. <laughs> is that too harsh? Zing. <laughs> no, I don't think so. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I still love this version. I think it's very good. Yeah, they, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, they, they totally turn it into like a, like a power ballad. This is like hard yes. rock power ballad. It opens with like the slow like picking of the chord, mm-hmm. um, and then and then like these big, just like strums, sustained strums oh, yeah. into the into the lyrics. Ding, ding. And those are actually, I think those are kind of borrowed from the original composition. 
Because that is how the, the original rhythm guitar kind of goes, is that it has like a sort of ride down that the the big sustains on this seem to imitate. Right, I mean, it's, it's all based on like the original progression and such. Yeah, naturally. Yeah. But of course it's fuller. So yeah, you got that guitar arpeggio, we got big fucking drum hits to punctuate those, uh, those down strums, and then we get into the vocals, which are, you know, hard rock power ballad classics yeah that like oh fuck don't search nazareth alex search nazareth band fuck uh for the place um yeah nazareth they've got like this high like the voice and i'm looking for the the name dan mccafferty dan mccafferty who is not a current member according to wikipedia no are any of them Okay, Pete Agnew, the bass player. Dan was actually replaced with the lead singer of Crocus, I believe. Oh, really? Who we talked about last week, yes. And, of course, he wasn't present on the cover we talked about because I was an instrumental. Of course. Um, the only original well, that, member is that lead singer. the bass player. Sorry to also mention uh, this. He's also, he was also part of the Geezer Butler band. Oh, look at that. Yeah, 15. but yeah, what did you want to say about Dan McCafferty's vocals? Yeah, it's like it's like a high, like f- like rough rock and roll falsetto mm-hmm. thing going. Yes, and one hundred percent. He kind of still had it okay when we saw him. It was yeah, it was aging, but like it was mostly there, old. I think. Um, and yeah, this this version's just like like it's slower. It's got the power ballad thing going on. Not a ton slower, but a bit. Mm-hmm. And there's a big guitar solo. Yeah, now rock that's only thing. present in the album version. Hmm. The, uh, the like, single version, or whatever they played on the radio, is about, like, 30 seconds shorter because it doesn't have that guitar solo. That's weird, because I seem to remember the guitar solo, so that must be the version that I know. Yeah. Because I always be heard it on the radio. In later years the album version circulated on radio rather than the single version. Right, yeah. If it's like classic rock radio, they're probably more likely to play yeah. the album cut, as they say. And I, it's a fairly good guitar solo. Like, it relies a lot on sustains. It almost it mirrors their uh, composition in the bridge and then expands on it. Yeah, absolutely. It, it like, sounds like love hurts like the the love hurts melody from when he says love hurts but like the guitar does it mm-hmm. and it's kind of like it's got a good sound to it it's kind of has that like sad crying weepy sound you know yeah they give it a little distance in the mix yeah and it's yeah it is this yeah it's like this weeping like whining guitar so the <laughs> sorry i'm just looking at i'm just looking at nazareth because I remember the guitar player was, like, so drunk when we saw them. Like, he was totally out of it. It's the same, yeah, I mean, the same I'd guy. be that drunk if I was the guitarist for Nazareth. <laughs> uh, they really didn't have uh, the longevity of some of their contemporaries. All right. No, because, like, they had Hair this. of the Dog, which this is off of, is basically their claim to fame. Like, this is the album. Yeah, and like, hair of the dog is decent. Yeah. Um, they got they got some other good songs. Um, like where are you now? A cover of Dream On. Oh yeah, they do. And their other version of Love Hurts off a different. They album. also have a cover of um, Ruby Tuesday. 
Ooh, so do we. Just not recorded. Just not recorded. Um, yeah. So this is this is the power ballad version, and it's uh, pretty solid. And there's a reason that we all remember it. That's right. The now, most. of course, this also introduces one of the most key elements to talk about. Uh, some lyric changes. Um, instead of love That's being right. like a stove right. that burns you when it's hot, love is like a flame which burns you when it's hot. Which is it. It seems so obvious, right? Mm-hmm. Like a stove sounds so. I mean, it's not very romantic, you know. It's quite it's, domestic. It's like, it's a stove. It's hot because of the fire. So yeah, right. <laughs> like, it makes that sense. That is quite odd. But and the, and but also, love is like a flame. Is stupid. It burns you when it's hot. Flames are always hot. That's why flames they're flames. Are hot. That is also taken directly from the episode isn't it yeah i i believe so <laughs> um it's true flames are always hot there's no when there's no there's no when yeah. it's it's flames burn you they they burn you mm-hmm. love is like a flame burns you full stop like, i think to to punch up the metaphor of this a f- like a food item would be your best bet right Love is like a hot pocket, burns you when it's hot, it's full of pepperoni. Because it's something that is enjoyable, but when it is, is hot, it actually hurts. Got it. So yeah, like a hot pocket. Like a or, flan. You know, like a, Do you heat flans? Yeah. I don't know if they're hot or not. I uh, Like a cup of coffee. Love is like a casserole dish, burns you when you take it out of the oven. Because you forget. That's right. That's, you forget it's hot. Because like a stove. You touch it. Is it's not something you, or a flame is not something you really reach out to in any way. You're like, don't touch those things. Yeah, there, there's no attraction there. That's but what then the is that also is. maybe the point. But is that you? Is that there's no you, attraction? You shouldn't be attracted to it. Maybe. Also, sometimes flames are kind of mesmerizing. So it's true. Right, like a moth to the flame. Good point. Can be drawn to it. And then it burns you. But I will say, yeah, that the flame has perhaps more that that mesmeric quality. Yeah, it's more romantic also... to say flame than it's to say stove. Yeah. So whether or not it fully makes sense, I think it is a, a an improvement to the change. original. Good change. Otherwise, we keep love is like a cloud. Um, you know, we got the solo. We talked about that. There's the guitar arpeggios. It's very echoey, very ambient. On that on that arpeggio, that is uh, on the drum beats. There's, I think there's a tambourine that hits on the three every time. Oh, shit. I'm still listening to Hair of the Dog. Um, <laughs> I believe you. Hair of the Dog's all, all right. cowbell, so. Yeah, just a, just a, it's a small thing. It doesn't mean a lot, but it is there. Yeah. Alex, did you watch the music video for this one? No, I didn't realize there was a music video. Okay, is it's it just like a live simple? performance? Kind of. It's So it's a live performance, but they've also... It, the live performance is playing on a green screen. And then I think they have either a different shot from that same live performance that they've superimposed over it, or they have gotten the band to reenact what they're doing in that music video and have superimposed close-ups over this green screen footage of them performing the song. Yeah, I'm really curious. And then there's like, like a like a wide shot with like a close up in the other half of the shot. I'd be really curious. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think they that those sorts of effects, especially in the 70s would require a fair amount of work. 
Yeah. So what might seem very unimpressive these days, this might be another ahead of its time thing. <laughs> like, it looks like shit. If you look at this video now, but maybe at the time, very cool. Maybe. Maybe. Um, My favorite point, though, is about if you go 47 seconds and it's the shot of, like, the guitarist and the drummer and just watch what happens to the guitarist. Wait, sorry, what's the timestamp? 47 seconds. 47. I'm looking at the drummer? No, the guitarist. Oh, fuck. Let's try that again. What am I looking for? Just, he just transforms into a balding dude at that moment, doesn't he? Like, the guy changes. Oh. I thought it was funny. I don't see I it. Am. You don't see it? Maybe you got the timestamp wrong. Maybe we're watching different versions, and yours is lower resolution. Are you watching Nazareth, Love Hurts, 1975, brackets HQ? Yeah. Yeah, that's what okay. I'm watching. Maybe I got the timestamp wrong. Maybe it's 147? That's where I'm going now. Yeah, it's 147. Just like really choppy transitions. <laughs> yeah, I think that's the bass player that is replaced with the guitar player. Yeah. It, it happens the other way at some moment, too. It must. Oh, yeah. Hang on. So, yeah, like 10, go to like 104. Okay, I'm going. That Because that's the one I noticed initially. Uh, it just, like, cuts to him adjusting the mic. <laughs> <laughs> it certainly does. All right. There it is. So that's a, a description of, of a visual medium. I hope you all like it. Um, yeah, it's just quite funny. Um, but that's the music video. Alex, anything else to say about this version of the song before we plug on? Nope, that's everything I have to say about the Nazareth version. Okay, we're going to talk about the other version that was a big hit, but in the UK this time, uh, Jim Capaldi and also 1975. Jim Capaldi, who... The drummer for Traffic. The drummer for Traffic. And also, this did this song. Um, I actually mm -hmm. bought, after we recorded the episode, uh, found it at a flea market, the Jim Capaldi album, uh, like the LP, um, with this song on it. It's called Shortcut Draw Blood. And, right. uh, well. So this was recorded basically, I guess, right after Traffic disbanded in 1974. And for those of you who aren't familiar with Traffic, you might know the song Dear Mr. Fantasy. Traffic had, of course, Steve Winwood in it, Chris Wood and Dave Mason, along with Jim Capaldi. I'm Jim Capaldi. And this is But yeah, like, you have this LP. I do. The album it's a lot of like I think Jim Parsons was involved. Like it's a lot of kind of big names in like production. Yeah, um, it's clear that Jim Capaldi like was around. connected in the music industry. Yeah. Even like like well, the beginning here, of the song, yeah. kind of sounds, kind of sounds, Alan Parsonsy because it's like a like a keys intro, with with mm, like a, a like very, gentle uh, guitar and then it's like doo -doo -doo -doo, like kind of ambient almost keys. Yeah, the the intro on this is a real twist, because you're right. It does set up a more Alan Parsons vibe. This very like kind of moody piece. We got a smooth guitar. And this descending piano pattern, with gentle like use of the cymbals on the drums, and then like very and then, soon, it 
like the EP starts just playing this like like yeah we get a like a groove going on you get this bass coming in and yeah they start grooving out and we get like a bass slide everything cuts and then we jump in with almost like an ELO arrangement we get Jim Capaldi singing and it's accented by these nice high strings it is kind of ELO yeah, yeah it's, it's like, just a bit. Love hurts. Like on strings. Love yeah. scars. Yeah, it's um, it's like so much because the other ones are kind of down tempo, you know? Like like the yeah. first, like Nazareth went full power ballad, but even before that, they weren't like happy groovy versions. But this, yeah, not at this all. goes like full, like upbeat, groovy, dancey version. <laughs> You could dance to this. Like, it's it's basically disco. It's probably pretty damn close. It's, it's certainly, I mean, like, light disco. If you see his live performance, he's got, like, a sequined white button-up on with a massive That's disco, collar, baby. So it looks disco. He also looks very awkward before the song starts. <laughs> um, and kind of keeps that up throughout. Yeah. That's really what it is. So, like, the, the bridge gets even more, like, up-tempo. The drums start really hitting this kind of, like, cymbal-heavy groove. Um, Big key change here is love is not like a cloud anymore. Love is like a flower. Love is like a, a flower. Which, again, very, like, much more evocative. I feel like mm-hmm. if, if you replace cloud with flower and stove with flame, like, you're good. You've got the whole package. Yeah. I think that is the whole package. Because the original two were not great. And now we're talking, like, this is specifically a love song. Obviously, Flowers, very strongly associated with love and romance. Um, Like, it just, it works. And and then the rain happens to the flower, right? Yeah, the flower is now, like, doused in rain. And and it's, it's, the imagery is evocative because you can see in your mind's eye, if you have the capability Mm -hmm. to see anything in your mind's eye, which I do, which most people do, I think. um, That is correct. Like, do, or, or just, residue, no, (laughs) liquid, like, drops, of water on a mm-hmm. flower and you like it's it's a it's a f- common image people can can pull that up and it looks it's interesting more interesting than just thinking about a cloud yeah and if you take the idea that the rain is like suffering or sadness and like you said flowers are symbolic of love the flower literally grows stronger from suffering it, so in terms yeah. of like an, an angry narrator at love like the the simile is much stronger yeah, because it actually means something. It's not like, hey, what's the thing that has uh, rain? Clouds? All right. And like, <laughs> turn in your fucking draft and you're good to go, right? Yeah, here you go, fellas. I wrote this one by myself. Yeah, clearly, Boodlo. <laughs> clearly, Boodlo. <laughs> we need some punch-ups. And then the Everly Brothers come in. They're like, we need a song. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, then you know, it just gets pushed through. And that's... That's music. That's the industry. Um, that but the Jim industry. Capaldi's figured it out. He still says stove, though, unfortunately. Does still say stove. He's probably recording this, like, roughly the same time as the Nazareth version, and they just, like, you know, went out within a couple months of each other. Yeah, although this is also, like, like this is, like, the party version, as we said. 
it's it's oh, yeah, very it's upbeat and like upbeat. shockingly so for a kind of this... sad song mm-hmm. and is that are we supposed to interpret that as just like he did a bad job of covering it like obviously this should be sad or is he a man who has abandoned love and is now happier for it maybe or he's like in the denial phase after the relationships end. he's like nothing matters oh, yeah Let's I'm go. Good. I'm fine. I'm great. Let's disco. It's the best I've ever been. Let's disco. Yeah, motherfucker. Yeah, there is that retreat to the to the hedonistic lifestyle of disco present in this. <laughs> That's the subtext here. That um, may well be the subtext. Or are we reading too much into this because we think it's kind of a jam? Impossible. Yeah, are we just trying to justify <laughs> its existence? Nah. That's crazy. Nah. No, we know what we're talking about. It's uh I don't know, but I think I think the flower, the flower is a good touch. Flower a great is a good touch, touch, in fact. On at least two the, levels. And a bit of that ELO string play, like that that is I love fucking ELO. Yeah, intro's Hard a little weird, but I also like yeah. Alan Parsons, so Yeah. So if nothing else, this is a Frankenstein of things we like. Pretty sure it's Alan. As someone I've said like, Alan Parsons yes. a lot. I didn't actually double check that, but I'm like ninety-ish percent sure that he was involved in this song. Alex, I can assure you, nobody who listens to this <laughs> will a, have check. gotten this far, or B, double check. <laughs> All right, perfect. Perfect. We're gonna move forward then, unless you got anything else to say. No, no, I don't. Okay. So in 1975 slash 1991, we have a version by Cher. So which more famous half of Sonny and Cher? Yeah. Don't know who Sonny is. Cher, on the other hand, is in at least one Mamma Mia movie. That's more than most people can say. Sharon Mamma Mia 2? Here we go again. Here we go again. Think there's going to be a third Mamma Mia? We can only hope. Do you think maybe they could just like keep it going and just keep rehashing songs? I think they already had to do some repeats. I don't I I mean they'll run out of ABBA songs eventually. Had to or wanted to? You're right, she was only in the original Mamma Mia. Oh, she was only in the first one? Yeah. Oh, never mind then. I actually haven't seen either one. I, uh, I'm just pretending to have opinions about things. Anyway, um, share. Yeah, sorry, I'm looking at this. Oh, okay. it's, it's very confusing, her filmography. Yeah, share. So this is a uh, power ballad by way of share, essentially. Yeah, she also slows it down a bit. Brings in some, like, clavier or whatever. Probably. Yeah. And that's doing the uh, the arpeggio section, right? Yeah, As which is to the guitar. pretty similar. Like, was this informed by the Nazareth version? Because it sounds it like it. It has to be. It's way too it, similar. That ooh, ooh is there. That's true. It's and like that very, is, very that's, similar. That is the signature of the Nazareth version. But it's like the same time. Yeah, and she doesn't use their uh, lyric changes. That, she says yeah, stove and uh, cloud. Well, cloud is what they use as well, but. Yeah. She doesn't say. Perhaps. I wonder if there's like royalty reasons for that. Oh, yeah, because then it becomes a cover of, of Nazareth, Nazareth as opposed to. 
Everly Brothers, but both of them, neither of those would have been, uh, you know, like royalty free at that point. Yeah, I honestly, Nazareth, I don't know. due to being more active on the scene, had a higher royalty rate, maybe. Or if you had to pay royalties to two people or something. To both, yeah, maybe. I don't know. I don't know how laws work. I don't know, but I can tell you that even so, she made her own lyrical change anyway. She um, did. Instead of "I'm young," it's "You're young." But she still knows. Yeah. Which, yeah, because she's not young. I don't know how old she was in the 70s. She's old now. Yeah. that way, I think when we originally talked about this, we talked about it as a 1991 cover, but that's apparently not the case. The music video came out in 91, but the song was recorded in 75. Hmm. Yeah, I think we did, because I, I seem to remember it being later. Um, and it made much more sense in that context, right? Because 91, she'd have been older. Yeah. But maybe it it kind of recontextualizes it like a little bit because it sounds like more of a conversation, and it's like it is a an older person, more experienced person, telling a, a younger person, "Yeah, I know it sucks. Maybe it'll mm-hmm. be okay. Maybe love is good, actually." Yeah, and then it's it's like even though you are young, I ha- I have learned about love from you. Yeah. Maybe. I'm not arguing. I just. I don't know if that totally it's makes sense. Agreeing. I'm sure it does. Well, because. Yeah, because they can still I, learn I, from each young, other. I know, but even so, I learned a thing or two from you. Yeah, that's so the whole statement. You're still young, but you still have something to teach us. You still have something to teach this us. This version acknowledges love, that, that you. The children are the future. Yeah, the children are the future. But other than that, it's, it's like much more poppy. Much more in the pop vein than, yeah. So talking about the, the oohs, which right. come from Nazareth, they put a big choir on that. Yeah, so it's, it's in that sort of pop, almost operatic vein. Yeah, it's like really big once it gets to there. Plus, there's this like guitar in the background that kind of fires up. So like, it's all very yeah. punctuated, very. Yeah, and there is some of that uplifting nature that you were talking about that might be an interpretation of the second verse in the guitar solo because it it go it does an upward progression pattern rather than a downward one, mm-hmm. and that's like you know some uplifting power shit. Not to mention Cher's voice is like really big, so. Oh yeah, and this one, I mean, she, the addition of the choir just like makes it feel that way more uplifting. Hmm. It's a universal experience. Yeah. Even in our hurt, we all know that this is this is universal. Yeah, this is like alone. This version is supposed to be like reassuring, kind of. Mm-hmm. Or it seems that way. And uh, yeah, there is. I'm reassured by Cher. That. Yeah. And then in, near the end, she says something about early in the morning. <laughs> Did you pick yeah. up what she says? I think there? she just says early in the morning, like as an ad lib. Like she says, love hurts early in the morning. And then, like, fine the rest of the day. Yeah. So, great. Great. Um. Yeah, and she, like, belts out one big last love hurts. Then we get, like, a synth sustain that takes us out. That's fucking share, baby. That is share. Thanks for nah, I'll, sharing. Nope. Thanks for sharing. <laughs> that should be a... Something. A share album? That should be something, Alex. Yeah. Thanks for sharing. It would be it would be a share tribute album. True. Could just be an it's an Alex Mildenberger album with no share songs. Yeah. 
no share songs on it. That's how you get them, Alex. Yeah. It's a it's like a pun. And then people years later are like, was that in at the time? And you're like, nope. No. no. <laughs> was that cool? No. <laughs> Alex doesn't make songs. Alex, Back did then. you watch the music video for this? Fuck, no. Okay, well, you've seen it before. I know you've watched it three years ago. I don't remember, but now I'm kind of remembering. Okay, I see yes. it. Yeah, I remember. It's, it's quite theatrical. There's uh, We get these images that display the idea of Cher and this dude in a relationship. There's a bit of like a, a filter on it to imply that, you know, it's no longer a thing. Yeah, all the images are like um, ghost. Mm-hmm. Oh, she also brings back the phrase, some fool's rave of happiness. Whereas uh, I know at least Nather has changed this to some fool's think of happiness. Does someone say dream of happiness? Dream? Yeah, it might be dream that they say. I feel like it is. No, yeah, it's just thinking the lyrics here. I feel like someone Maybe says dream. I'm, I'm Somebody lo- says dream. You're right. My life is in shambles at the moment, so. Mine too, brother, but it's been like that a while. Um, <laughs> it's mostly just been this week. <laughs> for... Okay, well, that's good. I don't want... Congratulations. I don't want to oversell my, my shambles. Shambles. Um, there's a topless dude in here. It's very sexual. Sherrett tosses on like three or four different sexy outfits during this. Um, and there's a lot of dancing. There's a big organized dance group that comes in in the second verse. And then they're, I guess they're just like dancing in a studio. Just, and that's just like where the music video takes place. Like they're playing there. They're dancing there. There's like dude chained up Damn. there. There's, yeah, there's a dude chained up there. With like a strong back. Yeah. Some, well, you need a strong back. You're going to get chained up. Got some back muscles on him. Yeah. And then in the music video, it fades out at the early in the morning line, whereas when that comes in the in just the album version, there's like a good 30 seconds left. Oh, that's right. Yeah, it's a bit shorter. You got to have the... Yeah. You gotta, can only spend so much time on MTV. That's right. In 1991. Yeah, and it does. this one does kind of feel like your 1990s, but we got to throw one out there for, for the people. Yeah, like, it's you know, weird. Like, we booked a studio, people dance. We had a group of them, but also and here's some other footage. This was recorded in '75, and they didn't come out with a with a video for 16 years. Yeah, that's crazy. That's right? so bizarre. Like, what? Yeah. What leads to that? Is it like, do you put out a music video to promote your greatest hits? Maybe you put out a music video to promote your greatest hits album, or something. That sounds reasonable. Like, business. Right, it could be just a move. They were looking at like old share songs. They're like, "Well, we got to knock some out that'll get some airplay on MTV because that's how musicians make money in 1991, right?" Yeah, they're like, "Yo, I got this video of a chained up dude. Can we put share in it?" And then they did. <laughs> Somebody's like, "I locked this guy in my basement. I've just been videotaping." They're like, "What if we get share in some shots? Can we get share down there? She could dance or something. I don't care. What song will she sing? Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Something about love, maybe." Maybe something about love not being the best thing. Can she do a cover of Jay Giles' Love Stinks? Like, actually, we already have Love Hurts recorded. Oh, great. Perfect. Don't even have to do any work. That's probably not true. But also, a lot of it's just live footage. Yeah, it's just, like, live footage. And, yeah. Speaking of things that are all live footage, Alex. 2005. Triumph. Love Hurts. Love Scars. Love Hurts. 
It, it was recorded earlier, though, right? Um, yeah, probably recorded earlier, released in 2005. Do you have a, a recorded date? No, I totally forget, but I thought we talked about that before. I could be wrong. Yeah, this it one, sounds like something we would have talked about. This one wasn't released, I believe. Like, I seem to recall. No, it was on, like, a concert DVD. Yeah, it was, like, it a was. bonus track. Like, it wasn't on anything, and we basically came to the conclusion that that makes sense. Like, it's a good thing it never came out because it's not very good. Yeah, because it blows hard. Yeah, it's but, it's uh... really... It's, an, it's the Nazareth version. Yeah. But not... But by Triumph. In a share way, in just a... Triumph, Same a thing. band who is upset that the band Rush existed. If you read their Spotify about page, it's a good chuckle in the first I couple didn't lines see their there. Spotify about page. I mean, Rick Emmett, he's a good kid, has endured countless comparisons to Rush. Uh, Rush, I like Rush more. Yeah. Um, Rick Emmett's pretty good singer. Yeah. So great they got some solid songs but like a couple like they got lay it on the line alex what else do they have um magic powers i like magic power not oh, cab never heard it you might have heard it on the radio anyway got a magic power dun, 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 dun. Is it's that not it that one it's not that one they have a, a cover of rocky mountain way rocky mountain way Rocky Who the fuck Mountain sings Rocky Way. Mountain Way? Um, I know Rocky Mountain High, Colorado. Rocky Mountain Way. The original is by Joe Walsh. Not Joe that Walsh. Joe Walsh. The other Joe. Oh, Walsh. different Joe Walsh. I mean, the Joe Walsh. The import. There's just another Joe Walsh who's in the news sometimes, and he's like a senator or something. Oh, okay. And every once in a while, it's Eagles like Joe Walsh. Yeah, exactly. It's like Joe Walsh did something racist because he's a white supremacist. I'm like, no, Joe Walsh, but he's fine. <laughs> <laughs> or I don't know if he's fine because oh, he's a member of the Eagles and he was a a rock musician in the '70s, so he's probably not like squeaky clean. Um, okay, right. I've listened to two minutes of Magic Power now, and I do recognize. As far it. as I know, not a white supremacist. Yeah, I will say this magic, whatever it was, power. Yeah, that's the one. Slaps. Yeah, I'll give Triumph yep. that. Yep, they got they got some. I, I mean, and we got to support them. Their Canadian content. It's true. All good. That's true. Just like us. But technically. this version sucks. Hard. Yeah, yeah. They made the decision not to release it. Um, like I don't know what there is to say about it. They were doing a Nazareth version. Yeah, so you, and like they're older, so he's I think straining a bit to do that hard rock voice. That's true. Um, he there's a lot of ad libbing on this. Baby, I learned. <laughs> um, and then near the end, he says, "He's like, are you strong enough to take it, baby? Take it, baby. Are you like strong enough to take it, baby?" <laughs> and he says, "Love marks." Not love That's Mars. That's right. He like very, very like strongly enunciates in that word. Like he does not yeah. say Mar. No. It's weird. Do you think that he didn't believe Mar was a word? I kind of get that impression. Yeah. He's like, no, they, <laughs> they, they were they Scottish, was it? No, I mean, we're um, talk, talking Canadian. about the, tri- the no, no, I mean the, the Nazareth version. Oh, yeah, yeah Scottish, Nat- Nazareth is Scottish. Yeah, so like, he's like, eh, that's what they say, which not, but. 
Techn- and they don't really he doesn't I sing with an accent, but like conclusion. you know, that's probably not yeah. what happened for some reason. I don't, um, know. I don't know, man. And then when he says in the bridge, "They're not fooling me," he just says, "They're not fooling." Uh, yeah. So this is clearly not like a polished, well put together version of this song. Uh, yeah, it shows. Sorry, well, the full on female backing choir would have you believe otherwise. Yeah, it's strange because if it was shelved, which I thought it was, um, mm-hmm. clearly they put some effort into it, but like not enough. Not enough. I mean, you know, fucking what was it? Hindu love gods can knock out a drunk version <laughs> of Raspberry Beret and be like, and people are like, this is fucking awesome. And then Triumph is like, okay, we gotta, we really gotta lay out this version of Love Hurts right, and it comes out like a turd. Some things just don't work out, man. Some things just don't work out is maybe the lesson here. But yeah, you get, it's like more distortion, so it's more 80s rock than uh, Nazareth's 75 rock. Uh, you get guitar arpeggio, you get that bass, you get uh, soft synth in the back. Um, distorted guitar doing big chords once we get to the actual lyrics. Pretty standard rock drums for most of it. That, and they got a guitar solo, and it comes in between uh, the the bridge. It comes in the middle of the bridge, basically. Yeah, and it's uh, what they they do Nazareth totally like the like the lyrics, right? Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, I I don't remember if we mentioned that already. Well, if if Nazareth said uh, they're not fooling, oh, oh, that would be a hundred percent. But he just like tripped or something. He's like, they're not fooling. Uh, oh, um. Longest version by 10 seconds. It's 10 seconds longer than the share version. Much less interesting than the share version. Much less interesting. The uh, so. the ending with the, the big backup choir has the vibe of, like, Joe Cocker's get by with a little help from my friends. Am I crazy? Just like when they're singing the, uh, love hurts part. So you're yeah. Me? Yeah. I haven't listened to that version of that song in such a long time. I think I saw it live. You did see Joe Cocker live. I did see Joe Cocker live. With Tom Petty. And then they both died. That's That that very same <laughs> night, it was crazy. Yeah, on stage. Um, yeah, in 2011? The Weird. police are actually still looking for me in connection to that. <laughs> or somebody. They're looking for someone. <laughs> They're looking for somebody. <laughs> um, Someone unspecific. As you know how the police go. Yeah, I'm um, looking for a guy. <laughs> I gotta ask though, did you watch the music video for this version? Yeah, like barely. Is there a music video? <laughs> yeah, it is. It's a it's a concert video. It's very low effort. There's some fucking effects on it. You watch it and you go, oh yeah, good uh, good job, guys. And they say thank you, and you say, oh, what the fuck? You can hear me? And they're like, no. no oh yeah, it's just live footage with like filters. Yeah. Yep. Nothing to it, man. Yeah. Nothing to it. Nothing to it. Oh, yeah, and there's, like, still photos that they put, like, filter effects on, on, too. Ooh, filter effects on still photos? Well, now, yeah, it, now that makes up for it. Um, with that, we're going to move into the next version. Please, which let's. Is, uh, which is, uh, yeah, Rod Stewart in 2006. Love her. 
Stewart in 2006. Now, this is the one that started it all for us with, with Rod Stewart. We really don't like his covers. A lot of them are just like off this album, I think. No, <laughs> I think you're right. Or like around the same time. It's, it's a lot of like acoustic guitar and Rod Stewart singing. Yeah, it's like a sedated Rod Stewart fucking getting out of bed to crank out some money i think it's very like pop country like with the yeah, guitar about right it's very like poppy and like easy listening and not very good not very good it's no maggie may i'll tell you that no it's just yeah it, it really does feel like like you said like kind of a cash in I don't know. I wish I could be more specific. Yeah. I just he's like he's, you know the the fucking forty year old stay at home wives need something to listen to. He's so Rod Stewart's like here you go. Look at my hair; is it still the same? Still the same, but I'm older now. And they go, oh my god, Rod Stewart. Ah, oh, the wrinkles make you look so distinguished. Distinguished. You could rod my Stewart any. Did day. I say extinguished? Or did I what? say distinguished? Yeah. They both apply. <laughs> uh, and this is the only one we talked about on this album. Three years later, he, reco- he, co- he records Soul Book, where oh, okay. uh, he does You Really Got a Hold on Me. That's right. And about that. I think that's the only one we've done from that. I think we've really only talked about Rod Stewart two or three times, but every time it's kind of a groan. Yeah, I remember for some reason the album artwork here is memorable to me. From like, mm. I saw it like in a TV ad or something back in 06, okay. I swear, because I remember that picture. I think it did well. Like, I think it sold well. <laughs> or maybe Probably. I was watching like American Idol or something and they were showing ads for it. That's very possible. I would have done that. Anyway, it's, yeah, it's just not, it's not, it's not great. I, I, do you use the original lyrics? Um, uh, he, I think he does the same swap that, uh, uh, Cher does. So he says, you're young. He does. He does sing you're young, which he's clearly not young. Clearly. Yeah. So good choice, Rod Stewart. Yeah. So that's one positive. Um, another positive. It's shorter than some of the other version. <laughs> some of the other versions. Not the original. He says flame. Nobody else says flower, so I'm not even going to look for that. Yeah, I don't know why anybody would say flower, even though it's clearly the best lyric change. Clearly. I don't know why I keep saying clearly like that. Like I don't pronounce R's. I do. Clearly. I swear, I pro- clearly I pronounce R's. Clearly, you pronounce your R's, Alex. We all know that. We've always known Clearly. that. Clearly, I say my ass. <laughs> Fuck it, Roy. <laughs> um, yeah, Rod Stewart version. Yeah. With that, we're gonna move into our bonus special version, which is, of course, not on the original playlist. But no, sir. Uh, you sent me this file, Alex. I did. Uh, this is by the the group Cover Me in the year, I believe, twenty seventeen. <laughs> 
think it's 2017. Possibly yeah. 2018. Uh, featuring Ruby Swan. By uh, us one us, time Alex. in your basement when we were just That's fucking right. around. That's uh, right, this baby. is a genius version of the song. It's the best by far. Um, That's phenomenal. It's also the longest. Uh, but it starts. It's that real rough cut bonus track feel where yeah. you gotta get through all that, yeah. that studio chatter. I mean, before we nailed it in it. one take. So one take. it didn't hurt that we didn't know what we were doing and hadn't practiced anything. And it's entirely improvised. Um, no. So we, we've got a, a, a synth holding down the rhythm here. It's doing the chord yep, changes doing the chord and sustains. Just and playing sounds, the roots. It's a classic I underwater add. synth. Yeah, it's doing uh, like the the filters looping, so it's doing like oh, you know, it's that kind of thing. It's pretty simple chord progression. Let's take it from the original, but sped up. I know it's common because I watched a YouTube video one time, and the background of that video was literally just that chord progression, like on generic synth tones. So it's got to be common, right? It's got to be common. So then this is coupled with uh, just one big dumb bass note every <laughs> every bar. And and that synchronizes with a kick drum. That's your rhythm. And that's all you need. And that's love that's is simple. Need. It's called playing in the pocket, baby. That's that's yeah. Baby. Um and of course the lyrics are inspired by the original. But they are quite different. Kind of a kind of yeah. a craftwork style lyrical. Um, yeah, of the both performance is 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 trash craftwork. <laughs> uh, honestly, this uh, this song uh, with so many great components in here, but it's mixed like absolute garbage. It's yeah, like they just recorded it on a cell phone. Yeah, and... it's like it was recorded on a cell phone in the room and has done. And and no effort has been made to balance anything. Like, come on, guys. Come on. Arts and craft so, work. Yeah. Huh? So for those lyrical... Huh? Oh, that's, <laughs> that's pretty good. Um, That'd be a good, like, good themed night at a pub or something. Arts and craft work? Teach people Actually, how to make... Yeah, and, like, play 1970s electronic music. Yeah. So we get the lyrical changes. Instead of love being like a cloud in the first verse, love is like a fire. Love is like a fire. <laughs> yeah, they've brilliantly turned it into a call and response segment. Yes. So the the male craftwork vocals say love is like a fire, and then we get uh, the female vocalist coming in and saying love is like a fire. It's a good like low high kind of uh, timbre shift. Yeah. Tambral it's, it's, it shift. keeps you interested, you know. Yeah, I, I'll so the say fire holds a lot of rain. It does. The fire does hold a lot of rain. <laughs> Which I mean, have you ever that? forest fires hold a lot of rain? They can take a lot of rain before they go out. Yeah. For example, um, and they're the hottest mm. kinds of fires, pretty much. That's right. I mean, so, I mean, in that's... the wild. I, yeah, and and the hotness of the fire isn't even mentioned. We've taken that out. It's done. All we know about fire is that it holds rain. That's right, baby. That's called and what, <laughs> That's called minimalism. Cuz you don't minimalism. need to know the fire is hot cuz we already know right. cuz it's fire. That's right. We're not treating our audience like idiots on this one. 
so when we come into the second verse, um, instead of saying, uh, I learned a thing or two, we've, uh, we've roboticized it, and it's one thing or two. One thing or two. Or two. And it's repeated several times. Yeah. And then the line is changed from love being like a fire to love being like a boiling pot, which burns you when it's hot. Which, I mean... Getting close to that food analogy I was talking about earlier. True, true. The thing about a boiling pot is the process of boiling takes a long time. Uh, So Mm -hmm. it's not hot the whole time. So calling it a boiling pot isn't necessarily a given. The fact that it's hot, right? It can be Mm -hmm. not hot, but in the process of boiling. That's right. So I think it just it fixes all of the problems with none of the downsides. That's all I'm saying. It's it's a perfect version of the song. Other than, of course, it's a little rough. Uh, There's a lot of repetition, which is kind of you know part of the genre. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it it is that like garage rock kind of vibe. It's I mean, we could tighten this up, but then maybe we lose some of that spirit, right? You never know, man. You never know. Um, we get to the the bridge section, and what happens is it gets very staccato in the uh, in the synth, less of that smooth flow and more of that dun 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 dun. dun. And I think at this point we might even have some uh, what do you call them? Some rock drums, just a standard rock beat coming in. Right, that's when the 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 higher backup vocals come in from yeah, Ruby Swan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And from there, we sort of come into a, an exit seg- segment where we repeat the phrase, love hurts, along with the uh, the words blue and alternating uh, hot. So we love hurts, blue, love hurts, hot. Love hurts, blue. And then that goes on for a while and then add fire onto it. Hot yep. fire. Hot fire. Now the fire is definitely hot. So yeah, vocal layering, but to, all done live in studio. Yeah, it's, it's actually quite it's impressive. Amazing. It's, it's an amazing effect, really. Yeah. And we come to sort of a standard rock finish. We get a, a couple of big hit notes and a cymbal. It takes us out. Yeah, kind of a sparkly cymbal. <laughs> that's it. So yeah, for, for those, uh, those people who don't know, which should be uh, probably most people, the original concept for this podcast was that you and I would record a cover version of each song we talk about. Yeah, and, and that's one of the reasons why it didn't take off for like two-ish years. Because <laughs> we yeah. don't know what the fuck we're doing. And then like I got all these repetitive strain injuries. And <laughs> mm-hmm. that didn't and I'm help. I'm just a musical hack. So. <laughs> and... Uh, that never happened. That never happened. So this is the closest we've come to to that vision. And looking back on it, frankly, I know we've been taking the piss this whole time. Yeah. Not bad. I, I mean, it was a lot of fun to do, that's for sure. And uh, yeah. I was impressed uh, by you because, I mean, that was all just off the dome. So... Yeah, that was fully improvised. I mean, I didn't do a whole lot. To be quite oh, honest, yeah. but and, like my like, base was just me hitting a root note yeah. the whole time. But <laughs> I, I pretty much just laughed the whole time because I couldn't believe it was still happening. Like, <laughs> yeah, that we did. That the was the thing. most I could do. That's all I could do to like mostly keep the rhythm up. But hey, maybe it's something we'll revisit in the future. Who knows? Well, I'm supposed to see a surgeon about these repetitive strain injuries, so hopefully I'll be able to actually do things in the near future. 
Now, Alex, are you sure they said surgeon and not sturgeon? Yeah, I might be seeing a fish, so <laughs> who knows? Either way, hopefully good things to come. Yes, I think I think both can be very helpful. Okay, with that, we're going to get into our final verdicts, and hopefully our final ever verdicts for Love Hurts, a song we've talked about twice now. <laughs> um, three categories today, Alex. The worst version, the best version, and the version that knows the most about love. Yeah, okay. All right. What's the worst version? I mean, okay. Well, it's between two, really. Uh, we, we dogged on it pretty hard. <laughs> um, there were two we didn't like. I'm going to give worst to Triumph because I like Triumph more than Rod Stewart. Normally. Mm. And uh, Right, so they failed greater by you having less... Exactly. By having a I higher standard I expect more them. of them. And they, mm-hmm. they didn't deliver. So... Very disappointing. Yeah, that's fair. I think I'll shoot the other way, actually, and go Rod Stewart. Just because, like, uh, like Triumph, even their shitty, like, a shitty hard rock power ballad is still kind of good in my books. Even if it is disappointing, I'm like, oh, fuck yeah. Like, you know, it's a good chance to sing ra- along in a really raunchy, like, high-pitched voice. That's fun. But yeah, Rod Stewart is just like, like, it puts you to fucking sleep. You can pretend it's the Nazareth version. Exactly. If you squint your ears, it's the Nazareth version. But Rod Stewart's just a bad Rod Stewart cover, regardless of what parts of your body you squint. Believe me, I tried them all. (laughs) Every single one of them. (laughs) Alex, what is the best version of this and why? Uh, It's uh, our version, obviously, but for the purposes... naturally. Um, of of not being biased or whatever. Bias doesn't exist. I don't believe in bias. Um, yes. the best version of the song. I think I gave it to this one before. I'm gonna do it again. Um, cause I feel like it. Um, and give it to the Roy Orbison version cuz he's just he's got a real good voice and I w- should I should give it to the Nazareth version honestly they kind of deserve mm-hmm. it but I still don't like Nazareth that much because that one time we saw Nazareth and it wasn't very good it's <laughs> bad it was a bad nine time years ago <laughs> still a little upset yeah. about that um and that's actually the first and last time I ever saw a show at a casino because um, I just, I've like, seen didn't one go back. since then. So yeah. So Nazareth, sorry guys, I'm giving it to Roy Orbison for being a good singer. Hmm. I mean, yeah, like Roy Orbison can carry pretty much any song or could. He's dead. But yeah, <laughs> like it, it, pretty good odds of him knocking out a good cover even on a bad day, right? He's a professional. But. He's a professional. He's a consummate professional. But yeah, it's... And I struggle to give it to Nazareth as well. Also, I think because of that bad concert. It was a bad time. It, like, really soured them in my mind. Yeah, it was such a, like, hack performance. It was... Like, I expect that of a bar band. If I had paid five bucks cover to get in there, fine. But I had paid probably $30 to go see Nazareth at a casino. Yeah, it kind of felt like a Nazareth cover band, eh? Yeah, it just felt... Like, not good. Yeah. 
And so it may be that Nazareth has the best version. The version I've probably returned to the most because it is so wildly different is Jim Capaldi's in 1975. Yeah, it kind of rules. Eh? I mean, I bought the LP. Not that it was like yeah, yeah. I, going, I was going out of my way to do it or it was expensive or anything. but Yeah, you found it at a value village, I'm pretty I sure, did. right? I did. But yeah, this ver- that version's pretty sweet. Mm-hmm. And like even the share version kind of fucking slaps. Like if you like it's a good share version. Yeah, it's it's just a different style of that um of that power ballad thing. So mm-hmm. it, it works too. Just more poppy. So yeah, just more poppy. I think I can't I can't in good conscience give it to Capaldi because I don't know if it it's my favorite, but I don't know if it is the best. Mm. But I can definitely give it to Cher because <laughs> fuck you, Nazareth. <laughs> So that's my best version is share. There you have it. Best version. And not Alex, who Nazareth. Do you think, who do you think? Not Nazareth. Who do you think knows the most about love, Alex? Uh, I mean, it's got to be. really learned a lot? It's got to be Jim Capaldi. He's the only one with the foresight to change it to the flower metaphor. And that says mm-hmm. the most, I think, I think of anything yeah, I think you're we've right. talked about. And his composition makes me believe he is some, some love sage who knows something we don't. He definitely knows something we don't. He's ascended. He is Capaldi. He is Capaldi. And that is our final verdict. If you have questions, comments, concerns, want to talk about a version we didn't talk about, hit us up on Twitter. Hashtag CoverMePod, at Jake the Cressy, at some Alex Wise guy. You can hit us up at our email address, CoverMePod at gmail.com. Send us some recommendations. Send us a cover version you did of Love Hurts. Send us something. Send us anything. Send us! And, and be better for it. Be sure to rate and review us. We're on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or your favorite podcasting app. And, um, I, you know, I guess in the spirit of the the original episode, we originally had a segment called, uh, I believe it was, uh, it was just like YouTube Comments Hall of Fame or something. Okay. And I was just for like very bizarre, I, I guess we did it once in the, this Charming Man episode, but I I would just point out funny YouTube comments I found. I uh, I didn't really look at them this time, but I do remember one. I do remember the one from last time. Okay. And it was this person, and she was like, I can't remember which version she put it on. I want to say is the Triumph one, and I'm kind of looking now. No, it's not the Triumph one. Only has three comments. But she was like, There's only one man who can sing this song. Dot dot dot. Nazareth. <laughs> <laughs> I remember talking about that. Nazareth himself. Maybe she's talking about Jesus. <laughs> Mr. of Nazareth. The Lord. Mr. of Nazareth himself. But yeah, I think that is a, a, a hilarious comment that deserves to be highlighted. Um, if anybody listening has found some delightful Love Hurts YouTube comments, um, hit us up. Hashtag YouTube comment Hall of Fame, which is a long hashtag, especially got a big comment to put in. But what about hey. like YTH, lowercase OF, and then uppercase Oh, yeah, YT Hoff. YT Hoff. There you go. Hit us up with some fun YouTube comments. Hashtag YT Hoff. And we'll, I don't know, we'll look at them and, and, and laugh and have fun. And it'll be a good time.
And as we always say on Cover Me, this is now the end of our episode where I pretend that we have a catchphrase that we always say. For those of you who aren't familiar with the podcast, for some reason I've stuck around this long. Welcome. This is what I do every time. Is uh, mostly fill time as I pull up the lyrics, which I always delete for some reason, even though I could use them right now to, you know, make that work. Cover me hurts. Cover me scars. Cover me wounds. And Mars. Any heart. Not tough or strong enough to take a lot of covers. Take a lot of covers. Cover me is like a cloud. It holds a lot of covers. All right, so let's try that again. Can we do it more, uh, more techno, maybe? Sure. I was going to suggest more like a like an emo band. Oh, like emo band? Yeah, you can be our, our emo singer. Oh, maybe you don't know the words. I don't. Love hurts. I can scream, though. There you go. <laughs> That's most of it. That's what I do. Fair enough. Um, yeah, let's do techno. I mean, Love hurts. Love scars. Yes, love that's wounds. what I want. Love hearts. Any heart. Not tough. Or strong. Enough. Just take a lot of me. 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 Love's like fire. Love's like fire. It puts a lot of rain. Love. Love hurts.
<laughs> uh, <laughs> pretty well. <laughs> Please tell me you recorded that. Yes! <laughs> See how well it turned out later, but <laughs> yes, that was good. <laughs>